This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, what's good? Welcome back to another edition of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. My name is Blair Angulo. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been a very busy month here on this podcast feed and over at the website. Obviously, a lot of recruiting information, a lot of VIP scoop throughout the month as we track down official visitors and new offers and commitments and everything. And Thursdays are typically our, our day on this podcast feed to take a step back, catch our breath a little bit, and maybe tackle something from a broader standpoint. And this is what we're going to do here today as well with Gabe Brooks. He's a national analyst for 24-7 Sports and is going to be hitting the road this coming weekend for what is one of the bigger events on the calendar every year. And we're talking about the Texas 7-on-7 State Championships down in College Station. But first of all, Gabe, how are we doing down there? All right. Just getting ready for the the weather that 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 we're going to face down there this weekend. For people that aren't familiar, what what is the weather going to be like? Are we talking a lot of heat, a lot of humidity? To try to put it in perspective, like if you're in the low 90s, like that's a win. You know, the the story I always tell, like it's it's the most physically brutal event that anybody down here in in this region covers of the whole year because the entire thing is outdoors. It's always in late June or early July. You know, the story that I always relate to people is, I think it was three years ago, you know, the, the air temperature the, the for the championship game. So like the, the whole facility, it's, a, it's like a public park that the city of College Station runs. And I think there's 12 fields and 10 of them are, are grass surface, but the, there's two in the middle of the complex that are turf. And that's where they play the championships. And so the air temperature was 98 and the humidity was, I think it was like 55, 60%, which if your air temperature is that high, that's like really high humidity. And so the heat index was 117 and the surface temp on those turf fields, somebody had a thermometer there and it was 131 on the way after the event ended on the way to the parking lot, the adhesive on my soles and my shoes melted and my the soles were coming off my shoes in the parking lot it's pretty miserable it's something where you have <laughs> so to, you're you're baking out there oh it's bad it's real bad it's it's a lot of sunscreen it's carrying around you know a lot of water big water bottles fortunately we we are allowed access to the the uh, Gatorade and the water jugs that are set up at every field. Um, every year, there are spectators who have to be tended to uh, medically. Like, like there hadn't been anything crazy, I don't think. But every year, you always see or hear of, well, so-and-so's uh, mom or grandma or grandpa or uncle or somebody had, you know, had to be taken in an ambulance to get hydrated or something like that so like it's 
it's it's not it's a great event because there's so many players but it is it's something that you have to mentally and physically prepare to face listen i i know exactly what you're talking about a couple weeks ago i was down in phoenix for the flight club uh presented by just chili and this is a the top phoenix seven on seven teams uh from their high schools and it was out in maricopa about 40 minutes outside downtown phoenix about 116 degrees and I guess what people don't understand is that it'd be one thing to be in that kind of weather uh, just as a normal person. But when you're on your feet for seven hours, right? Six, seven hours walking around, going and trying to track down players and watching games. And uh, you're stationary for the most part behind the line of scrimmage, trying to check things out. It it does get to wear on you. Um, And I I was fortunate enough not to have to sit next to anyone on my flight back home right after that event, because I would have felt sorry for whoever had to sit next to me after baking (laughs) in the sun for a few hours. But I mean, obviously that that uh that sounds like it's not going to be fun and and but you missed it in 2020, right? It it didn't happen last year, so uh, I guess you are uh, you're due for a good one here in 2021. Now let's let's talk about the event as maybe as a whole, right? Like it, it, this pr- this presents you and and other other analysts, other people that are there evaluating prospects, a really good opportunity to not only look at the top players in in the high school environment, but also maybe unearth some hidden jewels in in some younger classes and familiarize yourself with the great state of Texas as a whole. Yeah. So this is, uh, you know, this is an event that breaks into three divisions based on enrollment sizes. So, you know, the regular Regular football season in Texas, there's 2A, 3A, 4A, 5A, 6A. And and for this, which is not affiliated with the University Interscholastic League, the, the UIL, the governing body, this is an actual Texas seven-on-seven organization that is – okayed by the Texas High School Coaches Association. So these this is not a select or a club seven on seven. This these are the kids competing with their schools. This provides an opportunity to see not only dozens and dozens of teams, but dozens and dozens of players. And it's it's something that, like you said, really missed last year because even if it is a, a pretty rough go from a weather standpoint, like it's just a good opportunity to see a ton of players, whether they are high profile guys or they are up and comers or there's, you know, newbies who we didn't even know anything about like this, this provides a very good opportunity, you know, division three are the smallest schools, division two is kind of in the middle. And then division one is the, is the big bracket with uh, what would be five, a six, a schools during the regular uh, the regular season. So it's uh, it's something that's that's really, really a good opportunity, not just for scouting evaluation, but but you know, content in general, video and talking to players and coaches and everything. We're joined by Gabe Brooks. You can follow him on Twitter at Gabriel D. Brooks. He's a recruiting analyst for 247sports.com. Now there's gonna be double digit four-star prospects or higher, according to the composite here at the Texas 7-on-7 state championships. Are there any in particular that you're particularly interested in checking out or seeing up close and personal? Maybe someone that you haven't been able to see in person in a long time or someone that could be a riser that you that you just need kind of that last test, uh, that eye test to, to kind of look at? Well, there's there's a couple of guys in the 2023 class that uh, I really want to see. Um, one of them is Jackson Arnold, who we actually have not rated yet because 
he was playing behind Eli Stowers, the, the Texas A&M quarterback signee at Denton Geyer. And now Jackson Arnold's taken over as the quarterback at Geyer uh, and has already gotten, you know, several power five offers just based on what he's done in the spring. Uh, he's somebody who who I look forward to, to seeing because he was just, you know, he just got backup snaps last year. I was just talking to Brian Peroni uh, before coming on here. I'm, I'm editing the preview as soon as we get off because he confirmed that Texas A&M five-star quarterback commit Connor Wegman and Clemson four-star quarterback commit Cade Klubnick are both going to participate. And I, I did not include them initially because – they have Elite 11 uh, in a few days, uh, you know, coming up next week. And, you know, just to be safe, I didn't want to include them without verifying. So we did get confirmation that that those two very high-profile 2022 quarterbacks will be there. And, you know, they're those are two guys I got to see during the Elite 11 regionals who were great. They always put on a show. I'm hoping that Caleb Burton, the, the 2022 five-star receiver commit for Ohio State, don't know for sure if he's if he's competing, but would like to think he is. He's at Lake Travis now, which is a powerhouse, and they have a another up and coming quarterback in the twenty three class named Bo Edmondson, who's kind of been uh, tabbed as the next in line of that quarterback factory they have at Lake Travis. But Burton is, you know, one of the top prospects in the country in his class, regardless of position, and missed pretty much his entire junior year with a knee injury. So. We're really, really hoping to get to see him and get some some updated context on on how he's looking. I'm curious if the Elite Eleven finalists that will be in Los Angeles next week next week for that for that big event will be on pitch counts this weekend, right? Because these guys are going to be making a lot of throws over the next ten days, and the last thing you would want is your high profile quarterback going into Los Angeles with other high-profile quarterbacks and competing for a spot in the Elite 11 uh, final number, I guess you could say, right, the, the selected 11 uh, and being out there with, with a dead arm, essentially. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. and You know, I would not ever pretend to speak for for any of the coaches here in Texas, but I can tell you just the as you probably expect, the culture and – I don't know if I want to say expectation, but I would kind of go into it thinking they're going to do whatever they got to do because the team thing comes first. That's generally how people operate here, and there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, it's just part of the – you know, I I heard of uh, guys skipping official visit weekends in June to compete in state qualifier tournaments with their teams uh, because that's what takes precedence. And so, you know, maybe, maybe they'll be on a pitch count. Maybe, you know, club Nick's from a Austin Westlake program that has also produced its fair share of quarterbacks, such as Drew Brees and Nick Foles and Sam Ellinger. And so I, I'm sure if he, if they were trying to split snaps, they probably have somebody else uh, who, who would be just fine. But, you know, that's a good point. That'll be something interesting to see. Yeah, there's been quarterbacks in the past that have skipped the Elite 11 altogether because high school football starts churning out, right, this month or early July as they get ready for their season. And a lot of times some of those quarterbacks have to make that tough decision. Do I stick with my high school team and start preparing my guys for what's going to be the long haul, right, the the, the path towards a ring or a championship or whatever it may be? Or do I go and try to pursue a personal individual accolade like the Elite 11 Finals? So uh, we'll be interested to 
see and, and kind of hear your thoughts about what their management was and 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 obviously what the side effects could be when we see those guys in LA uh, next week at the Elite 11 finals. Gabe, before we let you go, this is an event that you, like you touched on previously, is a big one that you usually go to every year and, and you have some familiarity with. Do you have any memories? Do you have any flashbacks or a kind of a throwback into a potential guy that you got to see there for the first time or a guy that really opened your eyes that turned out to be, uh, you know, just a monster or just a big time NFL player? Specifically, the state seven-on-seven tournament, I believe in 2015, my first time seeing LaVisca Chenault was at the state seven-on-seven for just a a stacked DeSoto team. He later went on to to be a big-time recruit and played, you know, was was a star at Colorado and with the Jacksonville Jaguars now that that DeSoto class he was in was loaded and won DeSoto's first state championship in program history and think about all the names that have come through there that's quite a an accolade for a, a class to to produce that school's first state championship but he was so good after the catch which is something that he was you know in regular games was the same way he was that way at Colorado you know they'd put him in wildcat sometimes and uh, he really was you know he he was I think at that time going into his junior year he was already like 195 pounds and I mean he was like a running back after the catch extremely competitive I mean they would put him in some personnel packages as an inline tight end uh, and he was a pretty vicious blocker at the high school level but he did whatever you asked him to do one of the better run after catch like run violence types at the receiver position that I've covered and you know he he is definitely one who sticks out I have to give credit to former DeSoto assistant trying to remember where he is now but he's somewhere else in DFW I think he's at North Crowley now but Terrence Orr who is uh, the brother of of former Ravens linebacker Zach Orr and former Wisconsin linebacker Chris Orr uh, that Orr dynasty at DeSoto Terrence told me going into it was like hey this guy's legit keep an eye out for him and sure enough I uh, I went and and LaVisca went off and you know that's that's just one example you know Patrick Mahomes is somebody we've talked about that linked before who I saw you know he was great at state seven on seven he was already kind of a known commodity by that time but it's always an opportunity to to get to see some newbies and and get to see reinforce what you already thought about a guy like Garrett Wilson at Ohio State now so it's just something that that's it's it's fun it's kind of a there's a lot of com- camaraderie with media and you get to see, you know, especially this year, we'll be getting to see people we hadn't seen in a long time. So it should be a good time. Gabe Brooks. You can follow him on Twitter at Gabriel D Brooks. Gabe, stay, uh, stay cool out there and stay away from the artificial turf fields. I will do my best. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So that is Gabe Brooks. Uh, Like I said, you could follow him on Twitter at Gabriel D. Brooks and follow all his work over at 247sports.com throughout this weekend as he heads down to the Texas 7-on-7 state championships. For Gabe Brooks, I am Blair Angulo. Thanks for listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. When 
you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen.